Hey guys, hey Kelly Kalora and Ben Simone with Hey Guys. Hey, I hope you guys are going to enjoy today because we are talking all things fashion. Actually, the police of fashion. Melissa Rivers, thank you so much for coming on today. How are and you? Good. Thank you. Finally, nice to meet you because you were like stalking me on my DM. <laughs> I was. I was like, I have to talk to you. I have to talk to you. Well, and I don't know why I was like, what? Like, it was just so odd to me. I'm like, why would she want to talk to me? Like, that was like, I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. Oh my God. No, I know. I'm, I, I love your mom. And um, it's funny because when I did my first costume jewelry line, I went to uh, Providence, Rhode Island, and it's the same company that did your mother's jewelry. Yeah. That it, people don't know that Rhode Island, Providence, Rhode Island is like the epicenter of the costume jewelry world. Isn't that funny? fascinating and I just had the best time I was like literally upstairs looking at all of your mom's molds and you know she had shit unbelievable taste like incredible taste thank you I mean she was a real pioneer in the jewelry space and that's that's absolutely for sure um all right let's get to it I mean of course I want to talk to you first of all I want to talk I mean I have a lot of things I want to talk to you about but I need to talk about this book Yes. Lies my mother told me, tall tales from a short woman. <laughs> oh, like I can't, I'm not even going to wait to like talk about you, whatever. I just need to get into this book immediately. Um, and by the way, I'm buying it. So I'm, I have to read this. Thank you. But yes, please pre-order. Give me some insight into this great book. Um, well, if you also read the cover, it says a work of nonfiction with the word non crossed out. Um, so it's really, really, a, it does. It's really, really your mother's daughter. That's for yeah. sure. It's really a comedy book and a satire. And my writing partner and I, you know, and he was also very close to my mom and knew her for a hundred years. We um, basically wrote a book in my mother's voice, but very elevated reality. Like what's scaring me the most is people who have pre-read it keep saying to me, wow, she really said those things. And I'm like, no, no, she did not. No, no. for example, hold on. Wait, that's I, always, I always say to people, all you got to do is read the back cover and the about the author and it will tell you everything you need to know about this book for example I have a quote from um Shakespeare on the back who you know he gave me a quote for my my book jacket all's not well that ends well I've had massages with happier endings Jimmy Hoffa when Joan told the story the truth disappeared faster than I did like I'm like people you need to read like the basics about the book wait that like, is so funny oh I yeah it's that. it's super fun and it's super funny and then the, the about the author is just you know again in in the acknowledgments I'm paraphrasing. It basically just said, if you think you should be acknowledged, consider yourself acknowledged. I don't have the bandwidth to name everybody. And if I forget someone, I'm just going to piss them off. So figure it out. 
Oh my gosh. That yeah, is- it's a real comedy book. Yeah. So what are some of the highlights that, um, you know, what, what, yeah, what are some of the highlights that you wanted people to know about your mom? Oh God, there's nothing, there's not really anything like that. Um, you really get my mother's, you get a real helping of my mother's humor. Right. In it. Well, I mean, she was such a, I mean, talking about, we're talking about pioneers in jewelry. I mean, she was such a pioneer in comedy. Yeah. I mean, she said things that people just wouldn't say. Well, and, and that's what's and making me, that's what's scaring me for this book because people keep reading this outrageous book I've written and being like, wow, she, like the fact that people think she really said to me that the pilgrims were bad guests at the first Thanksgiving because they moved <laughs> the place cards, like that alarms me. <laughs> Yeah, her retelling of the first Thanksgiving is it was it was one of my favorite. And no, she knew the story of the first Thanksgiving. This is I took everything and put in I I just went for very hyper reality. That you know, was so much fun to, to work it, with your friend who knew her so well and just to be like writing down these anecdotes. You might guys must have been like peeing your pants, just like, yes. It happened. Yes, it happened this time. Yes, it happened that time. I mean, you must have been, it must have been just such a nice, you know, just such a, you know, like nice moment for you too, to just, you know. Yeah, especially because we, we took something that was maybe a silly offhanded comment and created entire stories around it. Like, again, I go back to, you know, I tell the story of how the world, how the earth was made. And I create this idea that my mother, that I write in my mother's voice, that it wasn't creationism or evolution. It was the combo of, it was actually seven working days. (laughs) And on Friday, maybe some wiring may have been done unpermitted and everything blew up, hence the Big Bang. Do you know what I mean? unpermitted <laughs> yeah but that again is, this is all sort of sprung from my imagination wait that is that amazing. i was able to write these crazy stories <laughs> by using my mother's voice i love that let's let's jump to for a quick second to fashion police because you guys became such um i mean you really made fashion just so much fun you know, I mean, I've worked in fashion like literally all my life and everyone takes it so seriously. I mean, it is a business at the end of the day, but I will never forget how just how playful you guys were. And um, it was just so much fun. So tell me a little bit about the genesis of Fashion Police. You know, people always wanted to know what people were wearing. My mother was asking everybody on the carpet, who are you wearing? Which came out of desperation. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're on the red carpet, and it's live and someone's being boring it just that's how that started plus my mother always had a love of fashion yeah um and again you know I go back to fashion is supposed to be fun it's an art form right it's I mean we can take it all very very seriously yeah but to me when push comes to shove fashion should be fun right and yep. a sense of expressing yourself and fantasy. I mean, 
you know, there's that big book on Bill Cunningham coming out. And one of the things Bill, without shoving it in people's face, was by doing it as almost back in the day, the first one of street style, he was showing where it's fun. I mean, he loved women. He loved what they wore. He never wanted to know anyone's name. He just wanted to celebrate, you know, women feeling beautiful, which I thought was, I mean, he photographed me so many times and I'm just like, I wish I was wearing something better. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, my mother is always like, oh my God, he got me looking really horrible. But I think again, he captured the fun of fashion. Yeah, he did. In a lot of ways. He did. Of taking these pieces and putting them into the real world. And- keeping it, it, it that it's still fantasy i mean yeah. high fashion couture it's fantasy yeah it ain't reality no you know i, this, I went to i had this coat that um castle jack made that had two teddy bears like literally right in the front and i yeah. thought it was like the coat of all coats and yeah. i would wear it everywhere and people would like some people were like oh my god that's so cute other people were like what are you wearing yeah um, but but I, it made you happy. I, it made me very happy. And I wish I had that coat today because I would be wearing it all over the place. I would, yes. Like, it was the cutest thing. Um, but I think that's where it started was fashion is, is entertaining and fun and fantasy. And with tying it back to the red carpet, it was fantasy. It was movie star fantasy. It was, had nothing to do with reality. And it was an escape. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So let's jump from high level red carpet to QVC and HSN. Your yes. mom is the queen of QVC and HSN. That is not easy. I mean, I have sold on, on QVC and HSN at all hours of the day and night, and it is not easy. No, it is, it is very it, challenging. And it gives you so much anxiety because you start taking things personally. Like, why is no one buying this? It's amazing. Don't you get it? And you're like, why aren't the numbers going up? And then some people will be like, I just sold $15 billion worth of stuff. And you're like, I'm like, okay, I just did, you know, whatever it was. I just moved, I just moved 12 necklaces. (laughs) You know, Um, but she, I mean, no, she was, she just, I mean, she was amazing. I mean, she really, really, she really made, she also, I mean, she's done, I mean, she's just done so much, but I mean, she was really the pioneer of, you know, talking to people and not at people. 100%. I just think, I mean, I'll never forget. I met her with Juliana Rancic in New York. Um, this is when I was on Housewives and she was so, I mean, Juliana and I are both very tall. So I'm yes, and tall and she, you know your mom is was like the cutest thing on the planet she was like you know made fun of us and being tall and just like you know she was like I need a ladder for these girls and she just was like you know she just she made people feel really good about themselves um she did again it you know disarming. I mean, so like disarming. With, well also like with QVC and like you said she was started tying stories behind these sort of more iconic pieces over the last however many years of the collection. So it wasn't just a thing. It, it was in, imbuing it with emotion. Right. And, and as you know, and especially with like good jewelry, it should have meaning. Yeah. It should be special, whether it's real or costume. Yeah. You know, 
I have this little tiny earring. Well, I have a few of them because I kept losing them and finding them for <laughs> one of my upper holes that I've had a little tiny C in since my son was born. Oh, I love that. Now, you know, as I have a few of them because through the years, you know, they've gotten tangled in the hair or whatever. And they're not <laughs> fancy. They're not whatever. Everyone's like, cute horseshoe. I'm like, well, it's actually a C. But I know that I have had that since he was born. But that's what I always thought that was so fast. So I started this magazine called L Accessories for L. Um, and one of the things that I really loved about accessories, especially with jewelry, is the storytelling. So this is, you know, this is 2006, seven. This is before, you know, personal narratives really, you know, were a thing. And I'll never forget always asking someone, oh my God, I love that necklace. And then t- them telling you this great story. I mean, just like you said about your son and the sea earring. I mean, that's something that, I think is really interesting. And, you know, it's like, you know, okay, you went to Penn, you did this, you've done all these things. Okay. Those, those things are all great, but you know, those personal narratives I think are really interesting and you would never really know unless, sorry, my dogs are like fighting. Okay. You would never really know unless, you know, you asked the question or you acknowledged, you acknowledged what people like on, you know, on themselves. Yeah, and I think that's where she was so great at QVC because she was every piece she sold had a story, right? So if you, so people could attach it to that story. Yeah, and I think that's where her connection with the audience came in, right? And with the shopper came in. So let's talk a little bit about you because you did go to Penn. You were yes. you know you were the um, you did produce fashion police. I mean, you've done so many, and now you're writing this incredible book. I mean, you've done so many things, you know, what is it like to be in the shadow? I mean, do you see it as a shadow? Do you see it as just, you know, um, you know, sun, her sunlight? Like, how, how do you see that? And isn't that the $25,000 question? Is it a shadow? Of course it's a shadow. Do I get frustrated? Yes. My mother always said one of her biggest frustrations in life was that I did not get credit, that she got all the credit for everything I did and still do, by the way. But that being said, I can't live my life complaining about it. I, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Now, are there days that I am extraordinarily frustrated and get annoyed? Absolutely. Yeah. Do I realize overall that, you know, for my relationship with my mom was so separated from the public persona, but, you know, in the sense, like, that's the woman I miss. Yeah. But do I get frustrated? Yes. And I think about my mom saying to me, and that's why I say it, people say, like, that was her biggest frustration was for me and understanding what circumstances I was in and that I will always be in. Does that mean I don't work hard? It means I just keep working hard and hopefully one day I'll get acknowledged. But I mean, how much, she had such empathy. How beautiful is that? I mean, it's just a beautiful thing. Don't worry, it passed. (laughs) 
I just think that's really impressive. I mean, listen, you know, you're, 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 you're from New York and like I raised my kids here in New York and I've, um, you know, raised my kids around a lot of very successful women. Um, and I always just wonder like what that's like. I mean, my kids are my everything. Like I've always put them first. I raised them on my own. There was no Wednesdays and Saturdays. There was no co-parenting. And, um, you know, it's I, hard. Always them, okay. I always put them first. Always. Yeah, if I, I would, I would be lying if I said it wasn't hard. Yeah. But do I also say, oh my God, I'm so lucky to have the parents I had. You know, there's, I I worry that there's almost more of a burden on it uh, for my son. How old is he? He is 21 now. And what is he up to? He's a junior at Berkeley. Amazing. So he's a good kid. But I almost feel for him, you know, he's kind of got a double whammy. Because he has you and your mom. And I think the frustration for him is the assumption by everybody that he is going to go into the entertainment business. Because he's like, if one more person asks, are you following in their footsteps? He's like, I'm going to scream. Like, no, I'm my own person. (laughs) Yet he's a media studies major. So explain that. Right. Oh my gosh. But, you know, I feel like there's a, there's a, there's definitely a burden on him with it. And it's much more from my mother than from me. Um, just because, you know, she, she was a legend. She's still a legend. Yeah. So when you were, when you were growing up and you were, you know, around your mom, who was, who was a legend, you know, how was that for you? Did you, when you were younger, did you, you know, how did you feel when you were younger? Because later on you went to, you, you were the producer of fashion place. So you were producing your mom. Yeah. That was always fun. So how Uh, did that shift? Um, you know, you, you don't think about it. You don't, if you start going, thinking that way, in my opinion, you're dead in the water. Right. And it's the parent's responsibility to create a, a separation of church and state. Right. And my parents were very clear that there were two different worlds that we were living in. The, my family was very traditional. My parents, we sat down for dinner every night if they were not home for dinner or going to be going out, I had my dinner on a tray upstairs while they were getting ready. Um, to the day my mom died, the phone at her apartment was was answered Rosenberg residence. My friends called her Mrs. Rosenberg or Mrs. R until the day she died. And that's, you know, if you dared to call her Joan and then I would look at someone like, really, you're going to try and do that? And they would just like, press on with it. But I think that's always the clearest example of it It was a very different person. I mean, as you know, from living in New York and my mom was such a big hostess and the public, the, the, the stage persona had nothing to do with how she lived. Right. And people was like, she was friends with Charles and Camilla. It's like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just really love the fact that you had your tray and you were with your mom while she was getting ready and you were such a big part of her life. I think that's, and I think that's really, really important. I think for, you know, daughters to have a strong relationship with their mother. I mean, it's very, very, very important. It really like sets the stage for how you're going to raise your kids, you know? But you also have to, as a daughter, 
I'm the mother of a son, so it's a different dynamic. But as a daughter and having a mother, you need to be ready for drama. Right. And then you can be an idiot like me and think, oh, well, we'll just work together. (laughs) You know, and it was hilarious because I would be fuming about something and we would get in the car after a taping and she would just be like humming along to the radio on her phone. And I'm like seething, <laughs> seething because like, I'm, coming at it, I'm coming at it from a producing point of view and be like, why are you being so difficult? You know what I mean? And she's like, what should we stop for lunch? I'm like, I'm going to pull over and put you out of the car right now. And then she would say things to me like, oh, Melissa, you take it so seriously. Yeah. I'm like, it's my job to take it seriously. I get paid. <laughs> this is my job. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But I, I think part that. of, do you have a daughter? I, I have two. Okay. So you know, how old are they? 21 and 23. Okay. So you've already been through, but still yeah. you got to be ready to get in the ring. Yeah. I mean, I raised them when I was, you know, I was, when they were very young, I was on housewives and right. so they kind of grew up with, the housewives, the aftermath, the good, the bad, the ugly, they were, they were raised with all of that. And like, to your mother's point and to your point, like I kept my kids private and raised them, you know, I would like, I always say like, I I raised them with suburban values in an urban environment. Well, exactly. And you have to make sure there's an understanding that what I do for a living is not reality. Right. It right. does not, that we are not working in a world that has any grounding in normal. Right, right, exactly. exactly. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons my parents like ship my ass back East for college. Right. I mean, UPenn is like a great school. Yeah, what did you study there? European history. <laughs> You're like, just European history, hello. Well, I always laugh because it's like, I have, what was I planning on doing with it? And I can honestly say nothing. Right. You know, I, I, I'm really good at cocktail parties. I'm very interesting to travel with. And I read a lot of nonfiction, but I am a firm believer. And I've talked about this a lot with my son, unless you're going into like sciences or even like finance and stuff like that. The point of a liberal arts education is to be able to read and write and break down information, also known as critical thinking, effectively and clearly. Right. Yeah. And that, with that basis, you can do a million different things. Right. It does not matter that I was not a communications major. No, you know I mean, what I mean? no, no, no. I went. I mean, I went to Columbia, and everyone always asked me though, like, what was the takeaway? What's the value add from being there? And I, and I always say, like, I just, I understand a framework. And, you know, obviously critical thinking is part of that, but I can synthesize. And you can read and write. And read. Oh, Columbia, excuse me. Oh, hello, Penn, hello. Excuse me. <laughs> Columbia doesn't have as much of a chip on its shoulder as Penn does. Because <laughs> Columbia is more like, we're in the city. We don't understand you folks who play sports. True story. <laughs> <laughs> we don't understand you people. Go, you other Ivy Leaguers, go run. Go run around. <laughs> We're busy shopping. 
I love that. Well, listen, but it's I, just true. Want, <laughs> I want to give you a huge congratulations. We are going to check out Lies My Mother Told Me, Tall Tales from a Short Woman. Everybody has to order this book. I am going to read it. I'm going to talk about it on Instagram. I think you're incredible. I'm super impressed by you. And I really, really appreciate you taking the time to get today to be on Hey Guys 8. Melissa Rivers in the house. Thank you.